Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show across the nation from my flagship station, WSB in Atlanta, Georgia. Glad to have you with me. The phone number, if you want to be on the program, 877-973-7425. You know, I like to be overly transparent with you guys more than anyone around me likes me to be. But it's my show, not their show. And you guys are my audience. Uh, So I want to be completely transparent with you. Uh, I'm going to be a few minutes opening the phones here because I'm actually uh, had to sit down this morning and get this done uh, this first little while. I I am live today, I promise. But uh, we've had illness sweep through the house and I'm trying to juggle being Dr. Dad and all the other stuff. So um, for the next uh, probably 30 minutes or so. I had to get up this morning and do this, which is what I was going to talk about yesterday, but had to do the same thing yesterday, and I didn't get to this, and I wanted to get to this, so now I'm going to get to this, and you guys listen, and I'll be here in a few minutes to take your phone calls at 877-973-7425. In 2020, I, I, I want to talk about COVID. In 2020, a lot of people had a lot to say about what was going to happen with COVID, what was happening with COVID. And I'm not talking about the medical stuff. And we can review the medical stuff uh, just a little bit. So, for example, uh, the the issue of masks. Uh, Over time, they revised the guidance of masks. And then they got very dogmatic, having gone, don't wear masks, to wear masks. Then they got to wear masks, even though the data clearly showed by that point uh, the masks weren't working for a variety of reasons. Now, I know some of you and I disagree on whether or not the masks ever worked. I think for a time they did but the particulate by which the virus could survive and spread over time through mutations got so small uh, that even the N95 mask, unless you wore it perfectly, wasn't going to help you. At this point, there's no reason to wear masks. The masks simply do not save people's lives unless you're wearing an N95 mask, and no one's going to wear an N95 mask, and those who do, it, it doesn't fit properly. We can argue with each other over that one, but it's a sideshow distraction from the big stuff. They said uh, that if you got the vaccine, you would never get the virus. That was wrong. It was very clearly wrong. And it wasn't just wrong as a matter of mutation. And that's one of the important things. They oversold the vaccine because there was so much fear and hype about the virus. They themselves were looking for a way to get us to COVID zero. And they fundamentally believed they could get us to COVID zero that they could land the plane on COVID zero and we had to get to the vaccine first. So we got to the vaccine and it turns out the vaccine was great, but not as great as they sold to us. And that was a problem. But wait, there's more. Beyond that, beyond that, there were other issues. Now, first of all, with the vaccine, of course, It still does help. I have been exposed so many times from so many people to COVID and have not gotten it. If you have a compromised immune system, you can get it. We're dealing with that in our house right now, uh, which is why we're doing this right now for the next few minutes. Um, I, I have not gotten it. I have tested negative repeatedly. I was with my dad months ago and, uh, my dad got it and I never got it. I was with him in a hotel room regularly, sitting next to him, never got it. I was with a friend on a trip. We went on a trip, uh, and uh, we were in the car together and everything. I never got it. I have not gotten COVID. The vaccine, and I got the booster, I have not gotten it. 
I think the vaccine does work. It doesn't guarantee you won't get it, but if you do get it, you'll get a mild case. Thankfully, that's what we're dealing with here uh, in our house now. Uh, mild case, but um, you may still get it. They oversold it, but there was a lot of other stuff beyond the medical, and that's really where I want to focus. Uh, Jerusalem Dimsus is a writer at The Atlantic. There is an article out why so many COVID predictions were wrong. And she is not talking about the medical predictions. She's not talking about the medical prognostication. She's talking about everything else. The eviction tsunami. Remember, people were going to be evicted. Uh, and so they had to stop evictions. And then the Supreme Court said the eviction moratorium is unconstitutional. You can't do it. The eviction tsunami never came. And the, the secession, the all the women dropping out of the workforce, to some degree that happened among married women with children, but among single women, it did not happen. There was a lot of it, and she covered this, and I, it's worth remembering. Research tells that the labor force participation rate for women in November 2021 was the same as November of 2018. The women most likely to stay out of the workforce were married moms. The eviction tsunami predicted to be up to 40 million people. Evictions are actually now below the pandemic trend lines. And don't forget the housing market crash. The housing market crash uh, never happened. Uh, there actually was a housing market boom. I mean, if you've tried to buy houses, you understand. And don't forget about the budget crisis. Uh, states were going to have budget crises Local governments were going to have budget crises. Now, in fact, I live in Georgia, and in Georgia, they're giving taxpayers refunds because we have such a big budget surplus. They're giving part of the money back. Now, why did all of these things happen? Interestingly enough, for this to come in the Atlantic, it's one reason I want to, I want to highlight it. Do you know one of the major reasons? Because a lot of it was wish casting by the left. Now, to be fair, there was a massive fiscal response from Washington, D.C. There was a massive amount of money paid in. In fact, if you worked, this is the most bizarre statistic I have heard this year. If you made $50,000 a year at your job and you stayed at your job during COVID, did you know your take-home pay in 2020 was less than that of someone on unemployment. True story. If you worked and you made $50,000 or less and you stayed at your job, you did not quit and go on unemployment. Your, your company got PPP and they continued to pay you even though you didn't go to work. Your take-home pay net was less than what people got on unemployment. Absurd. It's one reason we've had all the employment situations that we've had. They pump so much money into the economy. Also, this is why we have inflation. They pump so much money into the economy. All those people on unemployment who were making more than you while you were doing your job went out and started spending. But also, the fiscal response did help uh, some businesses survive and did help avoid uh, the evictions. But there's something else. So much data out there that a lot of people don't want to participate in. I want to read you this from uh, Jerusalem Dimsis. This is her tweet. There was a common media cycle. A new study would come out saying bad thing X is going to happen. 
The article would get published without any explanation of the uncertainty or whether the underlying data was even good. And then more credible research found the opposite months later. So, for example, there were stories of food insecurity. Food insecurity. The U.S. Department of Agriculture actually indicates food insecurity did not increase in 2020, but you heard it all over the media. But then there's a lot of it was this. A lot of research, again, this is from Jerusalem Dimsis in the Atlantic. A lot of the research coming out was co-authored by advocacy groups who had a real incentive to paint a drastic picture in order to get aid passed. And the media helped in this. And also, there was a bias towards left-of-center policy agendas. This is her writing in The Atlantic. Many early pandemic predictions pointed toward a similar solution, a left-of-center policy agenda, a cessation justified universal daycare and paid family leave, an eviction tsunami justified stronger legal protections for renters. State and local distress seemed to require what Republicans called blue state bailouts. If this trend suggests bias at work, where was it coming from? Well, from the think tanks. I don't mean to suggest something anything more sinister than motivated reasoning. Some advocates may have regarded the COVID pandemic as an opportunity to shoehorn an important social policy they felt were long justified. And to an extent, they saw in the data they wanted to see. A Princeton sociologist, Hepburn, argued the numbers generated by the Aspen Institute may have been useful from a lobbying standpoint. It was helpful to the movement of activists who were pushing for relief measures to be put into place to cite large figures. A McKinsey report on women leaving the workforce was co-published by LeanIn.org, a women's advocacy group. They shaped the data. They never let the crisis go to waste, do they? They shaped the data. Now, you know, one of the big problems that I can foresee easily from this, and all of you can too, is if we go through something else in the future, we're going to have the situation again, and a lot of people are going to be skeptical. A lot of people are going to be skeptical. Deservedly so, by the way. Uh, There will be deserved skepticism for this sort of stuff. It is uh, more and more telling that all of the horror stories that came about never bore fruit. But you know the horror stories that did come about. Parents got to see their children up close and personal during the school day. And they became horrified by what they saw. You know, the left seemed to think that you could take kids put them at home in front of a Zoom camera and everything would be fine and mask them all day if they went to school. They never, the left, because the left supported shutting down schools and the left supported masking kids all day at school, even toddlers. We never saw that research. We never saw that data. You and I knew it was there. Remember, I will never till the day I die forget the American Association of Pediatrics. Memory hold on their website made it disappear all of their data about how kids need to be up close and personal with people's lips and faces in order to learn to speak and learn emotion. And when masking became universal and academics demanded that all the kids be masked, the data disappeared. It had been there and then it disappeared. We should not forget that sort of stuff. That's the sort of stuff that happened. The left took advantage of the crisis 
to advocate. And here's the problem for them. And this is the glorious irony here. Before you get mad at all of this stuff, before you get mad, a lot of it's been undone. A lot of it didn't come to be. A lot of what they wanted didn't get passed. And that that did get passed has wrecked the economy so terribly, they are all about to get thrown out of office. You can't mock the laws of physics or chemistry or economics. And they did. And they thought they could restructure society around new rules. And now they will be thrown out of office because that's what they did. And they deserve it. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show across the nation. The phone number, 877-973-7425. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Nationwide, wherever you are, they want to help your business grow. If you are, I don't care, California, Maine, Miami Beach, and you need big loans to grow your business, $750,000 or more, reach out to them, tell them I sent you, see if they're a good fit for you and you for them. FirstLibertyGA.com is the website, FirstLibertyGA.com. One of the trends, one of the things that I have seen, whether it's the the Chernoviches of the world or the Michael Tracys or, or uh, a lot of the progressive left, they just can't help themselves but seem to be pro-Russia. And there is a growing trend out there of people in the United States who despise the United States and wish to slander the United States or, or distort what is being said. And they know you're going to read them on Twitter. And you're not actually going to pay attention. And uh, so there is a guy, I don't know this guy, uh, his name is Jason Epstein, he's only got a 1,600 some odd followers on Twitter, but somebody sent me his tweet and he says, as noted earlier, it's unclear which is more embarrassingly pathetic, the U.S. officials openly manufactured intelligence, which Biden repeated out loud, or U.S. officials breezily and unapologetically claim they made it all up. And he's basing his tweet on someone named Camilla. She got 20,000 followers. And she writes this in her tweet. Three U.S. officials tell NBC News that U.S. claims based on intelligence on Russia were made up simply to preempt the Russians. One U.S. official, it doesn't have to be solid intelligence when we talk about it. If you listen to the actual NBC News report, and I presume they know no one's going to listen to the report, that's not what they say. Listen to this NBC report. With the U.S. using intelligence to fight an information war and doing it to Russia for months now, and it's working. NBC News national security correspondent Ken Delaney and live in Washington. Uh, Ken, I want to start uh, by giving people an example of what this is so they know what we're talking about. Take a look. They're also suggesting that Ukraine has biological and chemical weapons in Ukraine. That's a clear sign he's considering using both of those. Can, can you explain to our viewers what was going on there and what NBC News has learned about that claim this week from three different U.S. officials? Yeah, that was a great example of what we're talking about. That was based on declassified intelligence, but we're also told the intelligence wasn't very clear about what exactly was going on. And they decided to, dis- to disclose it as a way of deterring uh, Russia from doing that and putting the world on notice that this could happen. And that's really, that's what's going on here, the big picture. This is an unprecedented use of declassified intelligence. We've never seen this level of information warfare before from the U.S. 
Now I got to stop there and say, notice that he said it was they were it was unclear specifically what the Russians were doing with the chemical and biological issue. It's not that they made it up. There clearly was something. We weren't sure. We extrapolated what was going on, and it looks like we got it right. And what they're doing is they're trying to preempt the Russians, get ahead of Russian disinformation, even mess with Vladimir Putin's brain, as one person put it, uh, leave him off balance to try to show that the United States knows what Russia is up to and is going to get ahead of it. Um, it's, it's really rather remarkable. Another example was when they announced that Russia had gone to China uh, to ask for help with, what, with getting some weapons. That hasn't come to pass yet, and it was almost a way of putting China on notice. Hey, we know what's going on here. Don't let this happen. So Now, and again, I, I can stop there. You get the gist of this. That if we want Putin to know we know, so maybe it deters him, or he second guesses using nukes or chemical or biological weapons, we're not going to make it up. Because then that signals that we don't know what we're talking about. And, and again, this woman tweets out a, a further clip from this. Uh, there's a quote. It doesn't have to be solid intelligence when we talk about a U.S. official said. It's more important to get out ahead of them, Putin specifically, before they do something. It's preemptive. And this woman says and gets a whole bunch of retweets, uh, U.S. propaganda has no basis in truth or reality. No, that's the whole point of the clip. We know what's going on in Russia. We may not have 1,000 percent figured out precisely what all of the intelligence means, but by broadcasting that we have it and taking out of it, this is very important here, taking out the information that would reveal sources and methods of acquisition, we let the Russians know how far into Russian military operations we have intelligence, and it throws off their game. This is not lying. It's not making it up. And to those who say it is, you are the propagandists. You are the liars. And it just dumbfounds me how many people who supposedly claim to be on the right and really aren't are just out there pushing Russian propaganda, are out there pushing smears and lies uh, trying to undermine American intelligence, which, by the way, was very good. As NBC News goes on and points out, American intelligence knew the Russians were going to invade, and we broadcast our knowledge of it. The French intelligence agency believed the Russians were not going to invade, contradicted us, and when the invasion happened, the head of French intelligence got fired. That's how good our intelligence is, and maybe the propagandists out there aren't the American intelligence community uh, giving us what they know. It's the people claiming that it's all a bunch of lies. Welcome, greetings. I hope you guys are planning on a delightful weekend. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. William Wolf, he is an MDiv student uh, at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. He worked at Heritage Action for America for a time with my buddy Russ Vogt when he was there. And he's got a piece, um, it is um, at the Standing for Freedom Center, standingforfreedom.com. It's about the Disney stuff. And, you know, I, I haven't played a ton of audio about the Disney stuff, uh, but just listen, this is one of the Disney executives out there. This is some bizarre stuff here. Uh, this is Disney executive producer Latoya Raveno. Yeah, I... I identify as like a biromantic asexual. I've had a lot of learning and growing about myself this year, kind of facilitated by how comfortable I felt on the Proud family and with my immediate team at Disney TVA. And so it's just sort of like this creative dissonance between my personal experience 
where I feel so safe and so supported. I mean, like I wasn't like in the closet, but like I'm real out now, but like, (laughs) and like outside of my team, outside of TVA, it's just, it, it feels like the things that we believe that we're trying to put into the shows are not what we're seeing in the real world. And yeah. Okay. All right. How many um, bi-romantic asexual people do you know? What the hell is that even? Uh, and, and they want to put this in the shows. And you're having more and more of this with Disney. You have the the, uh, head, the president of Disney has a transgender and a pansexual child. There's a another Disney um, employee who... Was uh, taught, yeah, it just it, it's some of the most bizarre, but also, and this is very important. This is really important. It is the most selfish, self-absorbed, self-centered stuff you will see, and a lot of them are taking uh, trauma and the language of trauma and using it to advance their own sexuality in ways that somehow or another. Uh, everybody else is just supposed to embrace. And the media is in on this. Uh, so much of the media and so much of the left. Uh, so William Wolf, he writes this piece, Brave New Disney World, the most tragic place on earth. And he, he, I totally forgot about this. Uh, the Brave New World, you know, so we get so obsessed with... Um, with 1984, Orwell's 1984, it's actually uh, Huxley and Brave New World is actually the one who uh, won. Uh, Orwell argues for the language change, which we're seeing, uh, undoubtedly we're seeing, but Huxley essentially said uh, there would come a time in a world where people would be put in front of giant screens to entertain them and given drugs to dope them up, uh, to make them, to desensitize them. But there's this scene in the book, it actually begins chapter three of the book. And it's a scientist uh, running around outside in the garden. It was playtime, naked in the warm June sunshine, six or 700 little boys and girls were running with shrill yells over the lawns, playing ball games or squatting silently in twos and threes among the flowering shrubs. The roses were in bloom to nightingale soliloquized in the bouquet, a, a uh, cuckoo was just going out of tune among the lime trees. The air was drowsy with the murmurs of bees and helicopters. That's a charming little group, he said, pointing. A little grassy bay between tall clumps of Mediterranean heather, two children, a little boy of about seven and a little girl who might have been a year older were playing very gravely and with all of the focused attention of scientists intent on a labor of discovery, a rudimentary sexual game. From a neighboring shrubbery emerged a nurse, leading by the hand a little boy who was howling as he went. An anxious-looking little girl trotted at her heels. What's the matter? asked the director. The nurse shrugged her shoulders. Nothing much, she answered. It's just that this little boy seemed rather reluctant to join in the ordinary erotic play. I'd noticed it once or twice before, and now again today he started yelling just now. In A Brave New World, uh, the kids will be stripped of their clothing and uh, play erotic games as young ones, as young children. Uh, you know, by the way, uh, The Brave New World is, is a dystopian future. 
And yet here we are now in this world where you have, for example, the White House press secretary suggesting the Biden administration is going to prosecute anyone, going to prosecute uh, and go after states who try to obstruct this sort of stuff. It's absolute madness. Here's Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary yesterday. Every major medical association agrees that gender-affirming health care for transgender kids is a best practice and potentially life-saving. And then she went on to say that uh, the administration would try to block states that are blocking this. This is rather bizarre stuff, y'all. Gender-affirming surgery for kids. Gender-affirming surgery means removing a boy's genitals. And puberty blocker means uh, hormone-suppressant drugs. They've changed the language just as they did in a brave new world, just as they did in 1984. This is where we're headed. Here's the education secretary in a conversation about biological males in girls sports. But what do you say to people who argue that it's not fair to cisgender Mm -hmm. women who have to now compete against people who are biologically male, such as in the Leah Thomas example? You know, I think every, not I think, I, I, I know every student in our schools deserves an opportunity to engage in all aspects of schooling, including extracurriculars, whether it's a club or athletics. Um, and I know there's been a lot of conversation about specific cases, but, uh, you know, across the country, it's really important that we give all students an opportunity to engage and to participate in all that schools provide. Now, while I can't get into very much specifics because this is open and we do plan on sharing information in the coming month or months, um, I want to make sure I'm very clear, though, all students deserve an opportunity to participate in extracurricular activities in our schools. Um, I know every student in our school deserves an opportunity to engage in all aspects of schooling. Across the country, it's really important we give all students an opportunity to engage and participate in all they provide. While I can't get into very many specifics because this is open and we do plan on sharing information, I want to make sure it's very clear all students deserve an opportunity. It's a bit of a dodge, except the administration has been very forthcoming. They're going to go after this. They have the entire media in line with this. Haley Jackson on NBC, MSNBC rather, runs this report. Listen to the framing of this. Parents of transgender children and activists are talking with NBC News about Oklahoma Governor's Kevin Stitt's new law that bans trans girls from playing on sports teams that match their gender identity, even elementary school kids. Here's one parent, Liz Charles. She has an 11-year-old daughter, and here's what she told us about it. Why is Hadley a threat to women? Why is this 11-year-old beautiful light of a child something that you need to save women from? And pre- Okay, can we just note it's an 11-year-old, and notice how often it always is uh, the white moms. I'm telling you guys, there's a, something going on in the wall. There's something out there right now circulating in society, some sort of social contagion, but it's an 11-year-old boy. ...women from. Why isn't she worth saving? Why isn't she worth protecting? Others shared similar stories with one mom saying she's even thought about moving out of state to protect her child. Now, I, I just, and, and then they go on to talk about the poll. They say, well, you know, it's because Republicans just don't know any transgender people. And if they did, they would change their mind. No, I don't think that's the case at all. I know they like to believe that. They, they like to frame it as, well, you're just ignorant about it. You know, I have a 13-year-old son. My 13-year-old son is starting to hit puberty. 
He's starting to get hair under his arms. He's starting to go through a growth spurt. He's starting to get hair on his face. Very slowly, the hair on his face is starting to thicken. He's starting to go through puberty. It didn't hit at 11 years old. It really started hitting in uh, after he turned 13. He will be uh, in the middle of 12, into 13. This is an 11-year-old boy this woman's talking about. This, this mom is talking about. An 11-year-old boy who has not gone through puberty, who she has decided is a girl. She has decided that her son is a girl. And she wants to impose that on the boy who loves his mother, who wants to please his mother, and also on society. How is that not screwed up? How is that not child abuse? And somehow they want to tell us that when we we actually take a firm stand on this, that it's child abuse. Listen to these Disney executives out there. The, the way the Disney executives talk about this stuff, it, it's there's a level of self-absorption within society. It's absolutely bizarre that we're going through this in society right now. And yet we are. And not only are we, are we, you are the villain if you refuse to go along with it. If you refuse to stand in the way of nature, and you know, this is the weird thing, is it not? Speaking of that. All of these people are invested in the left and we obstruct nature too much and we need to let nature run its course. And yet, when it comes to people, they want to obstruct nature. When it comes to ourselves and our children and their children, they want to obstruct nature and make the rest of us go along with it. We're in society at large and the world as a whole. They say, no, 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 we're, we're standing in the way of nature. We've got to let nature run its course. They want every nature to run its course unless it's about them. It doesn't make any sense. There's clearly something going on in society. And polling actually shows us that about 60% of Americans realize this is kind of nuts. Now, this NBC News report, if I let it play on, you would hear them say, well, actually, it's like 75% of Republicans and only 50% of Democrats. And and so the polling is really skewed. 50% of Democrats recognize it's also independents. But I'm actually kind of glad they're so open about it. I'm, I'm glad they're open about it because by being open about it, we get to actually show how far out of the mainstream of society these people on the left are. They get to show everyone who they actually are, and it's actually turning a lot of people institutionally, philosophically, mentally, fundamentally, politically against them because of this level of radicalism. And time and time again, I cannot express this enough. It's not that they're the only ones, but notice who is always the most vocal here. It is a certain segment of white mothers. There are all sorts of reasons that that is the case. And typically, it has a lot to do with they're, they're the faces you want on television to sell this sort of stuff to other people. Do you want to get moms to be sympathetic to it? Except the problem is they're confronting mothers whose daughters are risking scholarships to the sons of these women. And a lot of it, it's just there, there's how much of it is is there's some past trauma where these people, they, they, don't, they don't want, they don't like men. And so when they have a boy, they've got to decide their boy is a girl. I, yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine who's a psychiatrist, and he says he thinks there's something to it. I don't know. 
but it's coming up more and more in conversations with people as people are trying to just figure out why is this suddenly a thing in the 21st century? It all goes back to Brave New World, if you ask me. Hello and welcome back. Okay, uh, phone lines are open, 877-973-7425. You know, this past segment, I, I know some people get tired of me talking about it. I get tired of talking about it, just, just confession-wise, but it's such a big news story right now, and it's happening every day. And part of the overarching issue is I don't know that these people know how much of a bubble they are actually in. For example, uh, in Denver, schools have decided to open honors classes to anyone because restricting them to high aptitude students is considered, in their words, second generation segregation. That's right. Uh, no more honors classes. Well, everybody can get honors classes actually in Denver. Uh, what's so interesting here is uh, people who are outraged tend to be minority parents of successful kids. They're afraid that in doing so, it's going to harm their kids. Uh, Mary Paz, a mother of a South High ninth grader, uh, wants to know how it's better for her kids. She says, we chose South, the high school, because the curriculum that they have, and now they're changing it. The school made the changes without any input from parents, which created confusion after the principal sent an email to families in January notifying them of the move. Among the confusion, Mary Paz said, is how teachers will keep classes at a rigorous pace when students are on different levels and how exactly will the changes dismantle racism. She pointed out she's an immigrant and her son is in three honors classes. You know, they're doing this in New York, too. They want to get rid of the um, of the advanced curriculum schools. They want to get rid of some of the STEM schools that are advanced in New York because they think it it causes discrimination. You know, believe it or not, believe it or not, there are kids across races and income levels who are very bright, and we should be pushing them to do their very best. Uh, to claim that it is second-generation segregation is absurd, but this is where a lot of white people are. This really is. Uh, what is up with white people these days? Uh, well, white progressives these days have all sorts of issues, all sorts of emotional baggage. Who are their therapists these days? Now, wh what's going to happen, of course, is they're going to allow these kids to go into the honors program. And if they maintain the standards of the honors program, they're going to fail out of the honors program. And then, of course, there are going to be screams of discrimination and unfairness, and they will have to wind down the standards. We always see this. It never fails. The lowering of standards within these sorts of schools, the lowering of standards happens. It is, it is a blight. All right. We have other stuff to talk about when we come back, including uh, more on Ukraine. The Russians have attacked a train station there as people were trying to evacuate. There are so many horror stories coming out of Ukraine. It's kind of a depressing story to talk about, but it is a news story and it's a big news story. Western leaders have decided on more sanctions, but not only that, they're doing something that Joe Biden originally urged them not to do. Keep in mind, the Germans and the French and the Czechs and the Poles have been very vocal that it was Joe Biden and the American administration that was holding them back from what they wanted to do. What they wanted to do was send not just defensive weapons, but offensive weapons, tanks. They wanted to send tanks and planes. Remember the whole plane thing out of Poland? And the Biden administration said, no, 
Well, because of what they've done, the, the Russians have done in the outskirts of, of Kiev and what they've done in Mariupol, the Biden administration has changed its mind. We're going to send tanks. Now, we're not going to send American tanks. The uh, Ukrainians are familiar with Russian tanks. It's what they already drive. The Poles, the Czechs, and a lot of the Eastern European powers have tanks. And they're going to send them to the Ukrainians to go on offense now. And this war is going to escalate because of it. But it's a deserved escalation. It's these people's lives. It's these people's families. It's these people's homes and they deserve to be protected. I just, I, I, I'm at a loss for the number of people I see on social media who somehow, they, they keep making excuses for the Russians. How can you see this? And, and I realize there is now in the United States in particular and in the Western world, there is this trend of being contrarian. And if everybody's going in one direction, you want to go in the different direction because you want to be contrarian. And you think if everybody's going this way, they're probably wrong. So I'm going to stake my flag over here. And if I'm wrong, no one's going to notice and I'm just going to keep doing it. And occasionally I'll be right. And then I'll take credit for everything. I I think that's actually a sign of emotional immaturity. I, I think it is. We will discuss that. Um, also, Joe Biden hugged Nancy Pelosi, hugged her. She was COVID positive when he hugged her. Now, the White House wants you to know that is not a um, point of contact. According to the CDC, from what they now say, it's not a point of contact. It's very bizarre here, the world we live in. All right, it is Eric Erickson. I will take your phone calls. The phone number is 877-973-7425. 